Hey, thanks for listening to Made In. This podcast is hosted by me, Jasmine, and my better half, Evie. And we are two Asian Canadian women in Toronto talking about current events, culture, and society moments. We hope that Made In is a safe living room space where you can feel like you're sitting on the couch with us and joining in on the conversation. Thanks for being here. Hello. We're back. Hey. Just you and me as the gang together again. What's up? How was your day today? Day is pretty crazy. A lot of endless news. You know how it is, but a lot of... Same old shit. Same old shit, but a lot of, like... It's so funny that the news is so, like, we're in Canada and it's so devastating every day. I'm watching the vaccine count, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But, like, there's so many other reasons to be mad as well. Like, these days, it's crazy. Like, so many cultural moments and all these other things that are happening that I'm like, I honestly feel like I can't filter out um, news. I'm like, there's layers in my head of things that are well, going, going on, going on. <laughs> the news is literally your job, so I can understand how you can't handle it, but... Honey, you're doing the Lord's work. You're keeping me updated. I don't need to read anything else because I just need to watch your stories. And I love that it's not just like, it's so funny because you would screenshot your tweet, which are your thoughts. Yeah. But then you add in another antidote about summarizing your thoughts. Yeah. So it's like double like explanation, which I do appreciate. So again, <laughs> thank you for what you do, Evie. We all appreciate it. I sometimes feel like, oh, I feel like it's so, it's so like on Instagram, I'm just so used to the platform being such a place where everything is so carefully curated. I've never really been like that on Instagram. I've always been just like a drunk mess. Like every other video was that before the pandemic. And now I'm just like raging. I'm like, no, I'm just going to share my you damn hit the tipping thought. point. Yeah, I was like, no, everyone needs to know this. I don't care if you like Instagram. Sorry to disturb you. Got to take a look at this shit. I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. <laughs> hey, let it all out. Whatever you and your therapist feel like it's a safe space to do. <laughs> I allow whatever screenshots and multi-crossing platform you want to share your content. Thank I'm you. Um, Jazz, because obviously you are our entertainment, TV, pop culture, et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> oh expert. I mean, everyone goes to you for all the recommendations. It's truth, including K-drama. So, you know, global type of pop culture. You need to break down the Oscars in such a Jasmine way and tell me what the hell happened. I watched a bit, but break it down. Oh, geez. Oh, wow. First of all, thank you so much for that title. Like, want that everywhere I go. Adding that to my LinkedIn. Not that verified of how good my recommendations are, but I will take the wins where I can. But okay, so yeah, Oscars was on a Sunday. Also, just kind of had a a moment of reflection. Like, I used to live for award season. I used to watch the Golden Globes. Like, I mean, all the way down to, like, the MTV Movie Awards. Like, that was my shit. And I would tune in an hour before to watch all the red carpet. And then, like, the post, like, that was my jam. But this Oscar was literally the saddest I've ever watched. A, (laughs) I was home alone. Usually have my roommates to watch it with me, but they're not here right now. So it was just me trying to, like... I tried so hard to find a streaming link and I couldn't find it anywhere because who watches cable or who has a cable subscription? No one can afford. the only place playing in Canada, yeah, was CTV. And I thought I was really good at finding streaming links because I would, sometimes Twitter has really good ones. Reddit is always on it. Even Facebook sometimes. (laughs) Literally couldn't find it anywhere. Finally, our gal Sophie sent it to me. So I started watching it. I missed a total um, red carpet moment. Um, The only notable one being when Riz Ahmed from... Uh, Sound of Metal, like, 
Oh, you Ugh, hated it. I hated Sorry, it. But <laughs> you hated it, but this was my favorite moment. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, Riz Ahmed um, is in the movie Sound of Metal, who is like nominated for a couple of awards for uh, the Oscars. And his beautiful, gorgeous wife, they're both on the red carpet, and they're taking pictures. And what does he do? He makes sure that her hair... Every strand of her hair is lying perfectly on her gorgeous dress. So he like stands in front of her and like makes sure that her hair is like flicked backwards properly. And like I was fucking swooning hard eyes over it. Meanwhile, I go onto Evie's tweet tw- Twitter, Evie's Twitter, and she's fucking shaming this, being like, anyone saying this is goals, get better goals. <laughs> no, you know me. I'm like cynical. So savage. I'm cynical as fuck. Like I do have love. Like that reminds me, you know when in the 2000s magazines where like teen mags were like oh the yes. scene holding hands scene and I used to think I'm like swoon Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens like ah, oh my but, like, god now like I'm just like man get better goals if you didn't fix my hair and you didn't make a whole dramatic situation out of oh. it I'm like step down I'm out here like it's fine I don't need your help but it's really right. funny it's really funny <laughs> That was the, you're right. That was the bare minimum Riz could have done for his life. So I don't know why we're glorifying mediocrity as something to be like gushing over. So you're right. Thanks for checking me on that. Um, But I actually wonder if he did that on purpose to like cause a moment. Like he's smart. I really like him. He's smart. Uh, But anyways, back to the award season. Um, Also, it was really weird because obviously it was, I think the first televised something that was normal since COVID where everyone was in a room together with like masks on. I don't remember how the Oscars went last year or maybe we just missed it with everyone being locked down. But obviously they're like, it was in LA and like everyone can get vaccinated in the US like so easy. So I understand that portion. So it was kind of like surreal and like dystopian to see everyone and sitting inside. Um, But yeah, a couple of my top favorite moments was when um, Daniel, was, uh, is he the one who won Best Supporting Actor? Oh, yeah, for, yeah. Um, Kaluuya. Yeah, uh, he, yeah, he had the most amazing, yeah. chilling acceptance speech. And the funniest part was when he, like, thanked his mom and dad having sex so that he was alive. Like, that was a hoot. <laughs> and, like, he was so ready to party. I don't know if you felt that energy or I don't know. I don't even know if you saw I his did, acceptance I did. speech. I did, I did. I saw his but, mom and I was laughing yeah. at the mom. <laughs> and his sister just being like oh my god like, like you brought shame to her family <laughs> yeah. even though he won the oscar brought shame to the family but um one moment of like another normalcy that i got that he was like so ready to like party and like celebrate and i was like i don't even know what that's like yeah. but i want to be there that know. sounds so fun and then i guess oh chloe Zhao won the best director yeah. And she obviously was the first woman of color to be nominated, let alone win. Yep. And f- first female to win. Or there, it broke a lot of uh, bam- bamboo ceilings. It broke that a lot really of, incredible. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then going into, I guess, what my hope was. And to be fair, I don't know if you feel the same way. But I think I was like coming off of a huge high of like a, such a big parasite win last year. Yeah. That I was like, you know what? This is Minari season. This is like our time to shine. And there were so many diverse people, I guess, more than previously nominated. So I really had such excitement for all the winnings that was going to be coming out. And then like as the categories go on, Minari like doesn't really win anything. And I'm like, okay, best picture. We got this. 
Oh, and then we get to Best Supporting Actress, and Yunya Jung, who is the grandma in Minari, was nominated. And then we see that Brad Pitt is gonna be um, presenting the award. And I even, I literally tweet once in a blue moon. And then I was like so excited. I was like, what an iconic moment for Brad Pitt to give, announce the winner for Yunya Jung to win. So I was excited. I keep watching it. Lo and behold, um, she wins and it's incredible. And Brad Pitt like walks off the stage because now since it's COVID, like everyone, all the presenters are like off the stage and the winners are just there. So Yunya Jung's acceptance speech has been getting a lot of press and it's because A, she's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Anyone has who's been following her during this press season, she just like makes the funniest comments. And I guess maybe it's also bizarre or not common to see an elder Asian woman speak so eloquently in English. So I think there is like a, a mystic factor mm. or someone called it like, um, you know, when like infants are cute and they're like, oh, like you're so adorable, you yeah, can speak. Like so there's an element weird, of that, yeah. we can, which we'll definitely get into as we continue my story. That's not never ending, but I'm almost <laughs> here, guys. Um, so she's accepting the speech and there's this moment as soon as she gets up being like, oh, Brad, like, where were you? We were filming in Tulsa, like we never saw you. And then um, there's that moment which we'll revisit. <clears throat> and then she continues on to say, be like, you know, every like uh, in North America, like Europeans pronounce my name wrong. They call me Ya Jung or like all these things that are wrong way to pronounce a Korean name. And then she goes, but tonight I forgive all of you because she's a fucking queen. And she just said that in front of national live television. And then, yeah, the rest of her speech was like hilarious and like heartfelt. And she was just saying like, you know what? Like I work really hard for my kids and this is what it got me. So I think it was a really testament and amazing like figure to have that to see that like you know even at her age i think she's like in her 70s to be still doing this like it's incredible running a fucking oscar and then that goes and then of course as the amazing moment of her acceptance speech closes uh they pan to her walking off the stage and even personally i was really excited to see how her interaction and brad pitt was gonna be so there was like a moment when she was kind of struggling to get off the stage and brad pitt is like trying to edge her to like help her but she knows she can't he can't touch her so there's this moment and we do see them kind of talk sharing words to each other and then going backstage yeah and then comes this horrific interview post awards acceptance where this fucking interviewer asks her oh my god like you got to meet brad pitt like what did he smell like oh my god and then bring in another iconic line by yu yun jung what did he smell like i didn't smell him i'm not a fucking dog yeah like of course i stan her um so that was fucking weird and even in that moment it immediately clicked with me and i knew for all of the fact that brad pitt was presenting the award and all the conversation was going to be around Brad Pitt and like kind of taking away from the iconic moment that Yu Yan Jung, who is the first ever Korean to be nominated and I think woman of color to win Best Actress. Supporting. Um, best supporting. Our, supporting yeah, yeah, Best Supporting Actress. So that's a milestone and that's what we should be focusing on. But I knew fucking Brad Pitt was going to swoop in and take that moment away from her. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I hate so much of entertainment reporting and stuff in Hollywood because it makes this idea that we're all like white Americans. Like, no, she didn't smell him. We don't, that isn't a thing. That is weird. I love that she responded, I'm not a dog. Like, it was so honest. And I also thought her acceptance speech was incredible in the way that she was like, 
I, I feel like it was such a narrative, like Brad Pitt's handing it out, blah, blah, blah. It, this was like such a crazy film. It's a first of its kind. Of course, it's a first of its kind. We don't have enough representation. But it's like when she was getting up there on the stage, it was kind of like people were expecting her. T- it was like a charity case. It was so weird. You know, like that was the framing mm, like of it. Like a tokenism. Yeah. And also just being like that American exceptionalism, like you're in America, you made it like, look at you. And she literally she got doesn't up even want to be here. Yeah, she got up there and she was like, you have to thank me for being up here and gracing me or like mm. gracing you with my presence. Like she owned that stage. Like she, t- she spoke slowly. She was not nervous. She mentioned really funny anecdotes and she was just so uh, in like so her she wasn't like oh mm-hmm. my god i'm so nervous like this is my first time like she actually was like i don't give a shit like i'm a huge actress like i've been a huge actress exactly and it's like we don't need that america like oh this has ties with america amazing and i thought chloe Zhao had a great speech as well and she didn't say anything like oh my God, this is amazing. Like, this is so crazy. I feel so scared. And like, I'm blah, blah, blah. Like, cool. Like, whatever. Like, you, mm-hmm. you can be scared. You can be nervous. You can be whatever. But it's like, I love that those two women breaking their boundaries, like took ownership of the stage. And we're like, no, y'all are going to listen to me. I'm not going to talk to you. Like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Like, that's not what it was. Yeah. It was totally not that. And so it's like crazy because like this thread came through and I was like sharing with you today because mm-hmm. I was getting so irate about it so like oh she was heated oh the like the dog question is like i'm sorry not the dog question the dog yeah sorry the smelling question is just such a disgusting question if you think about it like who would ask that who would waste your time asking a legend about a about the dog about what, what Brad, Brad Pitt Pitt smell smells like. like and he smells well, I just want a fucking best actress award like let's focus on that in the movie not Brad Pitt exactly and like you said it's so rare because unfortunately America and Hollywood doesn't accept a lot of our roles out there but it's like you really wasted that question like you really did like what a what a huge mm. waste like it's such a slap in the face and honestly I think that she answered in such a great way it was short and really to the point and like it's, it was hilarious and that no, go ahead. Like, it, it was amazing. Oh, no. I was just saying, like, but I to play the devil's advocate, maybe, you know how you ask questions? You kind of have to have, like, an opening to, like, soften it, and then maybe the real question came afterwards. Like, unfortunately, I didn't watch, like, the full <laughs> segment. Like, maybe that was kind of her starter question to kind of, like, loosen her up and then ask the real question about the movie. Who knows? Maybe I'll give her a little bit of the benefit of doubt, but... Yeah, I think elegance is a word that comes to mind. And I think you said it really great uh, when you were when you brought up Chloe Zhao's acceptance speech as well. I think they were almost maybe to an extent set up to be like from the Oscars, like yeah. Academy uh, people to be like, hey, we know diversity. We're not just going to choose white people. But then I think they also had the expectation of wanting them to go up on that stage and say what they wanted to hear. But they fucking totally took their own strides at what they wanted to say. And you're so right. They were so professional, so calm, so chill. And they like, they let the audience eat the words out of her hands, not the other way around, where maybe they were expecting them to be like, oh my God, like what an honor. Like, yeah, sure, it's an honor, but it's a fucking... North American local award season. Yeah, like, exactly. For Yu Yanjung, this is like, yes, still the Oscars, like, obviously has this, like, name to it. But, like, to her, this was, like, a fun project that she took on, which we will get to because this movie, actually, she funded a lot of it herself. Yeah. And that's what, like, the thread went into. So you let me know the thread. It was super light work, like, for her to just 
do it and kill it if you watch the movie if anyone's watched it like it is an amazing performance but it's even hard to say amazing because it was so real like it was like it's amazing yeah. in the way that i was like totally like that's her but then when she went up on stage and she's like this is me i'm an actress like i was like yeah i can differentiate the two people but her in that role was so seamless it was so good like mm -hmm. and so not over explained and she was perfect. And so this thread that we're reading today after the whole uh, what did Brad Pitt smell like is actually like in the speech, she says, hey, Brad Pitt, I've been looking for you, you know, and everyone is just thinking like, ha, 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 of course, like who hasn't been looking for Brad Pitt, you know, like whatever. Like fangirling over Brad Pitt. Yeah. Like I'm looking for him. But like a reporter <laughs> and uh, and, a, and a, actually a racial equity doctor who was like tweeting today, her name's Nancy Yuen. I'll share like the thread with you, actually broke it down for me and things I didn't know. Like Minari, the film was created by Plan B, which is a company that Brad Pitt owns. And apparently during the process, a lot of the actors and actually the people that really just passionate about creating the film behind the scenes spent a lot of their own money telling the story because they had cut funding for Minari. So it's like, really, why was she looking for Brad Pitt? Maybe she was doing literally like a backhanded jab at him. Like, no, she wasn't looking for him because she wanted to smell him or thought he was so hot. She didn't say any of that. And she also said, I'm not his fangirl. Like, I'm not his fangirl, mm. which is like, this is a really huge thing to say, obviously, because you're saying you're, you're like you literally flipped that Hollywood dumbass narrative on its head. Like that was never a thing. She's looking for him because she's like, dude, probably I couldn't find you when you cut all our funding. We had to put all our money in. Yeah. So what's like, what's the big deal? What the hell is going on? And I think that's so gross that it was so easy to frame someone like Brad Pitt, who basically who basically could have just waltzed his way into Hollywood. You know, all you have to do is kind of be a mediocre looking white dude with like swept hair, like whatever. He's like a sack of hay to me. I don't, I don't really care, whatever. But like, it's like- Oh my God, I still think he's hot. No, I mean, sure. Like he's a good looking <laughs> guy. And, but yeah. for him, for like Hollywood to do so much behind the scene at the grant, like at the Oscars, which was so mm. obvious to make it seem like I'm presenting the award and I brought these Americans here. I mean, I brought these uh, Koreans Foreigners here. Foreigners here. Yeah, I created this beautiful film and look, they won this and that. I'm like, well, no, bitch, you fucking cut it and made all the fucking actors pay for this for that groundbreaking mm -hmm. movie, for the ability to see something different on screen. And it's like, it's just so telling of, of how unfortunately this Western world sees themselves. Like they're like Koreans yeah. would be crying to be here. Like just, crying and begging like no they're you're not. not doing us a fucking favor man relax exactly yeah so just to kind of like clarify when she was saying brad where were you she wasn't looking for him she was looking for his fucking wallet yeah because he didn't pay anything to fund it so um along the thread so <clears throat> she talks about yeah explains what Evie just summarized for us, that basically since Brad Pitt co-owned the production house that was funding this movie, Minari, there wasn't any, the lack thereof, I guess, of the funding. Um, she referenced that Yu Yan Jung did an interview with a Korean outlet where they talk about how she had to actually spend the money. And she links, one of the person who responded back to that thread linked it. So I actually watched it before joining here. And a couple of things that I took notes of that I thought was really interesting was like, yeah, confirming that she did say this movie, she read the script and was like, yes, I want to do this. And she literally picked it up as like a hobby or like a passion project because she would just so 
uh, moved by the way Isaac was able to present this story, knowing that it was a true story. She felt it was really important to portray that. And then the fact that, yeah, a lot of it, she had to fund it herself. And she's like, yeah, it better do well because I need to get my money back. So she was like in her own really funny way, talking to it about the with the interviewer couple of things that she mentioned about the filming process that really resonated with me, though, is that since they filmed it in Tulsa, um, a, a lot of the staff member, they tried to, I think, have a big Korean staff members for everything. But there were obviously some stylists and like other production assistants that were white. Yeah. Mind you guys, uh, a context like Yoo Young Jung is legendary in Korea. Like she has been in every single major TV show, movies. Like she is a household name, really, really famous. So um, she was saying how because maybe the white staff members on set didn't really acknowledge or understand the magnitude of her fame and her status. I guess they were doing like a fitting and then she did a fitting like the day before and she came back on set and then the stylist had like changed a couple of her outfits Mm. and she does speak very well in English. So she was asking the stylist like, hey, like was this approved by Isaac or was this you just changing the outfits? And then the stylist was like, what? And saying that what back is quite rude to like an elder Korean because and for those who doesn't know, like Korean has a a very strict, like formal and informal way of speaking to anyone that's older than you. Mm -hmm. So obviously it's in English. So saying what is correct, but there was lack of respect to her status and her like, yeah, just to her status to just be like, what? Yeah. Like, saying in that sassy way, she was saying how that was, like, a culture shock. And, like, you know, she felt some ways about it, which I totally understand. And then she was saying that um, <clears throat> she kind of felt like a nobody at that point where, you know, no one, re- the white staff, like, didn't really know how to treat her or they would just treat her like like no one as special, not no- recognizing, like, all the work that she's done back in Korea. So I thought that was really cool, but because of her status in Korea, when she goes onto any set, she can speak to the director being like, hey, like, don't you think this is taking too long? Let's like wrap it up early. So she can be super casual with it. But because she was on a a foreign set, um, she had to really learn. And because she has such ease in any other set, let's say if it was in Korea, she can get away whatever she wants to do. But now that she was filming a foreign movie, it really helped her actually advance her skills, which she thought that was a really humbling and like, you know, great growing moment. So I thought it was really cool that even at her age, she's still challenging herself in her craft and like being able to recognize like the position that she is in and like opportunities she can take to really like further her performance. I thought that was like really cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is a crazy and amazing interview. And I think people need to know that more instead of just making stupid ass moments for her, like about like weird comments about how she was. I saw something on Twitter like she was all of us when meeting Brad Pitt. I'm like, well, no, she Mm. wasn't. And also, no, she was. And the fact that we don't care and give me the money, like what the hell is wrong with you? And also, Mm. I feel like her status is probably five times even bigger than Brad Pitt's like really you know back yeah. in Asia and back in Korea and it's just like the level of grossness of being like just symbolically being like here's a free handout from Bra- Brad Pitt and it wasn't even free like no and it's like regardless of all that like don't like um, like America and, minimize and the, it Hollywood needs to recognize that 
other industries are so big too. Like, and it's not just about Hollywood. Of course, when we say touch on these things, it's about a lot of representation with music and stuff like that too. But this was such a clear thing that I was like, oh my God. And like, I was reeling from it and I was like, God, it just gets worse and worse. It's just gross. And I was mm-hmm. like, looking at some old interviews at like Parasite, like I was looking at another interview at Parasite oh. and it was like the whole cast is there, you know, they're all there. What I also hated is like at the Oscars, the mom like didn't even get a best actress nomination. Like she was so good and so many people in that were so good. Like it was like, mm. okay, if we just say they're all t- Alan should have gotten a nomination. Seriously. Like, but I mean like yeah. in I mean in Parasite, like all of them oh. were seen as like a group and they won the best picture, of course. But like, why wasn't right. the mother that the pl- the person who played the mother in Parasite, who was she was so amazing to me. And it's not just me. Mm. Everyone was like, this woman is uh, like, there's so many memes, like she's so convincing and such a great actress. But it was sort of like she was lumped in to the be- best picture, not saying it's not good. Like, of course, it deserved best picture. But each of the actors within Parasite were so exceptional to me, you know, like told the whole story. Mm -hmm. But moving on, like when they got to the red carpet, they showed up as a unit, which I was like, amazing. That's so awesome. Like, you know, keep each other close and really rep out there. I saw a question from like an American uh, journalist or whatever, like talk show host. He was like, oh, my God, guys, how does it feel to be famous in America? And then the translator who is so faint, like, you know, the translator who's like so loved and she's like the best and coolest person. <laughs> Love her. I miss yeah, her. Yeah, she's like so pretty. I like she's and just smart and just on it. She literally Got like a LASIK surgery for the season with the best type of shade, like so low key that you would not even catch it. She was like, is that the question? And then he's like, yeah. And then she turns around. <laughs> she's talking to everyone. She's like, he's asking you, how does it feel to be famous in America? And you can tell all, it's like silent. Everyone's They're all like, like, like crickets. Like, and then you can see people be like, like making faces like that. And I'm just like, no one <gasps> gives a shit. Like, honestly, like stop mm. asking these stupid ass questions. Stop thinking America is the end all be all. Like people in Korea, these stars in Korea, a lot of stars across the world, they don't need that shit. Like, really, we don't need it. Like, I think there's tons of money within K-dramas. Like, even a second, if you take a look, it's fine. Like, and it was just, like, so gross seeing that. I was like, oh, of course. Like, last year, it was an amazing breakthrough year. This year is a breakthrough year. But at what fucking cost? At these dumbass questions? Mm-hmm. At these narratives that, like, America finally took you on? Like, ew. Like, no. Like, America is has been late on taking us on anyways. And now they're like, oh, shit, yeah. we should give them the stage when really... They didn't do that for this Oscars or the last one, really. Exactly. Yeah, they were, like, trying to hop on this bandwagon of, like, something to try to, like, up their public image or whatever it is. But to um, counter that, though, even though there is this, like, America is the end-all be-all, but from being in Korea, like, also breaking through, like, internationally is something to be really proud of and, like, something that people that are, like, um, yeah, untouchable goal. Like, I even remember going back to when, like, uh, Gangnam Style came out. Oh, yeah. Like, and Sai was, like, having all these, like, interviews in North America, um, not realizing that he's already debuted in Korea. For, he already had, like, a 20-year of experience being an entertainer and a singer. Yeah. But then when he came to America, it was, like, doing it for the first time. So, like, a lot of the narrative was around that. And I think they thought that he was, like, an overnight success or, like, a one-hit wonder. Yeah, yeah. But, like, no, like, he's been doing it. And even, like, whenever they do, like, recaps of famous K-pop idols who's, like, really made it, they all talk about, like, international fame and making it to Hollywood is, like, 
the best thing to do. So I think there is an element of like Koreans or like maybe Asian countries also yeah. making that narrative that yeah. like breaking to Hollywood is what we need to do. But yeah, I think maybe there needs to be like revisiting that element to be like, what does that really mean? And I think they in Korea, especially put a lot of um, pressure on that. So something like kind of sidebar. Um, I've been obsessed with this K-pop idol named Hwasa. Do you know her? Nope. Okay, she. you would fucking love her. But she's in this girl group called Mamamoo. And they've had some like controversial moments in Korea because one that I think actually is very controversial and they should be really embarrassed is that they did like a a dupe video of a Bruno Mars song. And mind you, this is like a girl group of like four, four girls and they wore blackface. What? In the music video that they did it with Bruno Mars. Yeah, this was back in like 2018 maybe or 2017. Really bad. And then the, obviously there was huge backlash. Oh so they God. had to apologize. And then <clears throat> and then they had this other um, scandal where Hwasa, one of the members, um, was seen at an airport with a white t-shirt on without any bra. <laughs> and there was obviously like paparazzis. And literally this caused like a break in the news cycle being like how dare she inappropriately be seen in public without wearing a bra in like a white t-shirt and that was like the biggest scandal and it's like all over youtube about like footages of her and i really love that hasa actually like didn't make any statement from what my understanding she just like did kind of very low-key about it like out of the public eye and she wrote like a song kind of attributing to this moment the song she wrote a line about like wearing what she wants to wear whatever she's comfortable in and so i i really like that but i watched this like recap video i go down like a really bad youtube hole of like what happened with this k-pop idol like i love watching this compilation video so one of the ones that i watched about mamamoo was that like them having those controversial moments hindered their possibility of debuting internationally so i i do see like that being hold in like Korean culture to be like, if you fuck up, like you'll never make it to Hollywood. And that's like their end all be all. So I think we do need to like explore that and like why we're like glorifying Hollywood when we clearly know Oscar is white and all the winners are basically white. And yeah, yeah we kind of need to like shift that. Be like, that's not our goalpost. Like we need to move that away. Yeah, we need to like Hollywood is shallow in itself, obviously, like on top of the people, obviously, like Steven Yeun not winning or even Isaac Isaac not winning, like also like Viola Davis didn't win Best Actress for her mm. role in like Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Same with like Chadwick Boseman. And it's kind of a disappointment, really. Like That was so weird. Yeah, and it's like, so, so who like makes these up? So you're going to give it to a guy who is honestly like, I wasn't even there. I thought he was... No offense. Like I it's like so old that he's always been old to me. And I think he's obviously an amazing actor. He's done so many things. Yeah, like his iconic. Of course, like he did uh what's it called? Um what's that horror movie called? Like oh Lamb, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, we know Anthony yeah. Hopkins is amazing, but like could you like really again? Like what is what does he have to do just like have a low voice? And I'm I'm sure he's amazing. I'm just saying, like what I think wow. is like I agree. I think that the goalposts need to move for uh, Asian entertainment. I'm going to say that for uh, Chinese entertainment too. I believe it's the same thing. Like making it is like the same thing or whatever. But I also think that like in terms of like the blackface moments, the things we need mm -hmm. to educate ourselves way better about like how to treat, uh, you know, obviously our black, you know, communities and also what it means. Like I think that a lot of, obviously I think we've talked about this before. A lot of K-pop does take a lot from like the R&B. It's not actually so produced much. by 
produced by black uh, producers. You know, they work in collaboration. Mm -hmm. But I think there needs to be something said about it's so sometimes so insular, like you said, like like and it's so controlled by the people up there, like K dramas, K pop, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or the image is so important, where it's like you don't know anything about anyone. This isn't like Perez Hilton, where you can find them on the street. Everything is scrubbed. Like you can't find anything on almost like any Korean actors or Chinese actresses. It's like very hard to find anything. Of course, there's mm-hmm. scandals here and there, like you had just mentioned, and I think maybe that too. But I think like. A lot of yeah, you're right. I think at, inside Asia and the countries, the goal needs to be just self-sustaining, which it already is, mm-hmm. obviously. And, uh, and Hollywood is in like the end-all, be-all. Like I think people and a lot of people have already been like, remember the hashtag like Oscars so white. Like award yeah. shows have taken like a sharp decline. And like you said, when I was young, I love live the live element of watching something with people. So like I mm-hmm. used to like watch every part of it too just like you grammys oscars mtv music video awards like all those things i thought they were great and it just took like a whole huge sharp decline because the more and more i'm just like man are these people really good like i'm sure there's great talented people of course not saying that but like they all are white like they all just help each other like they all we all know the biggest names in hollywood even across the world so it's just like so we need to like revisit of like how much Hollywood actually means and what it actually is because it just seems like yeah. pretty substanceless to me. Exactly. Yeah, I think we're totally seeing like what it is like without the mask and like the glory of it. But yeah, I guess this does bring it to as you mentioned like the most disappointing moment of the night was when they were announcing uh, best actor and I was totally rooting for uh, Chadwick, Chadwick, obviously, and but more importantly and selfishly Stephen Yun for Minari. Like I was totally rooting for him and also equally Riz Ahmed for A Sound of Metal because. I actually, and it's funny because Steven Yeun and Riz Ahmed actually interviewed each other for, um, I think, Variety or like another magazine platform. And Sophie actually showed it to me and her and I literally have watched it once a week <laughs> because it's just so beautiful, just two beautiful men talking to each other about acting. And I, it was, it's a really good content. And something that I took away with Riz Ahmed was that he was saying he's, so he's British. So yeah, he's from England. London and then um, he's playing an American actor but not a spoiler but the movie is about Riz going deaf Uh, his character goes deaf and he lives in a deaf community and learns how to like sign language and all of that so not only is he learning a brand new language how to sign he's also signing it in American English which is completely different than his native language which is like British English. I'm sorry if that's not PC. Um, and yeah, so just so much goes into it. So I, that movie was actually incredible. I have nothing bad to say. And then there's Steven Yeun, who is speaking both English and Korean, but also English in a Korean accent, which is also a new talent, like trade, trade, I guess, for him because he's actually like a, American. Yeah. Um, so there were just so much. And to be fair, I didn't watch the movie that Anthony Hawkins won for, nor do I really have desire for it. But I just felt like that was such a missed opportunity and a fucking rob for not of those three people to win for over Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, it, it's just like it's it it's the typical choice, right? Yes, we might not have mm-hmm. watched the movie. Again, there's something to be said if a movie is not desired for me to and you to be watched, there's something to be said for that from the creator to why I feel that way. And it's not even something that's conscious, like right away. I just like didn't feel like watching. It. It's pretty obvious. But like, uh, it's, it's just it is like an, it's, it's a situation that's robbed when we have so many, so few situations, like even just showing how Minari was funded by yeah. their own actresses and, and actors. 
uh, to actually be there on the stage. So it's like, and I think a lot of them did an exceptional job. So honestly, like mm -hmm. this Oscars was really weird. It sort of reminded me when they're jumping back and forth from like the balcony to hear like some really douchey LA party, which is probably what it kind of was. Um, <laughs> I know. It was really weird. It just reminded me of like, uh, like a Miami beach house or whatever, something like so whack like that. And I was like, wow, we're like, and there's so many times, like you said, where it's a just so dystopian and then, or utopian. And then when we come back here, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, we're not on the same planet, are we? Like, this is crazy. Like, y'all are on Mars. Like, I was like, that's so weird. So, I know. Overall, like, let's see 2021. Obviously, I know it's like already six, five, four months in, basically five. Like, or 2022. Like, let's get more creators out there and fund their mm. shit. Please, God. Like, let's not yeah. make the actors pay for it themselves. Like, what? Tell that to Brad Pitt one day. Oh, sorry. Uh, we don't have money. Like, unless unless he doesn't want a producing credit, like nothing at the creators and he's just the actor. Sorry, I can't make this movie. I have no money for you. And uh, you have to put, pay it out of pocket. This dude would have a freaking fit. Are you crazy? Like, he's fine. What a crazy thing yeah. to even ask anybody. Yeah, I think Oscars also like my last point is that they really fucked it over for themselves. Like not only did they switch the order because usually best picture is last, but they switched it because <laughs> they thought they're going to honor Chadwick uh, for best actor when he wins. And like whoever fucking planned it, you obviously know who the winners are. Like <laughs> you really fucked it up by having it the most anticlimactic ending ever. Yeah. Um, to end it with that. And there wasn't even an acceptance speech and it just like literally went to credit. So it was like, <laughs> okay, what did I stay up past my bedtime for on a Sunday night. It's kind of like someone who says something so many great things like you're amazing, you're so good, blah blah blah, but I kind of fucking hate you. And it's like, "Bye, see ya." And it's like, "Ew, why would you end like Everyone that?" Everyone got blue-balled. Like, like that was so rude. Like just on a marketing or even understanding people love television level, which you guys should have done for years and years, you know, like these people have been in this industry. How could you end it like that? People were like, yeah, well, that was disappointing. Like, everyone... like someone definitely got fired that night. <laughs> that was not OK. It was so weird. And so like I was following the live tweets, I was watching a bit and I kind of turned it off after I don't know, I was like getting late and I was like, do I really care? Like, I don't know. It was cool. I wanted to you'll see it on Twitter tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I need to go to sleep. Like, I don't feel great about this. But I was so happy that I saw you Jung's like uh, speech like mm -hmm. that was yeah amazing and then when I got more context behind it I was obviously like fucking pa face palming my like whole face like 10 times I was like god this is so annoying like but it's like it was too good to be true you couldn't let us have this one this moment it had to unveil itself to the truth for sure which I'm happy to hear because I think it obviously created this dialogue and like you know was able to shine a bit more and I think if anything boosted her yeah star. iconic yeah yeah iconic level so fine with that but yeah it is just another disappointment uh, to the list yeah i mean the one thing i'm going to take away if we want to really end this on a pause you know which i actually have a positive thing is that go watch oh. go watch her speech with the context that she was like yo give me my fucking Where money I just won this. <laughs> Give me my fucking money. And where the hell were you? I put it out of pocket. I'm a legend. That speech is empowering and it was funny and it was so real. And she, it was absolutely perfect. Like not even, didn't feel like she even, like she's like, thanks everybody, of course. But didn't even feel like she had to bow down for one second. Like I was like, I mm -hmm. have to bow down to this. This is crazy. Like this is an yeah. amazing speech. So 
go watch it because like it actually like gave me it gave me chills in the way like she didn't like she didn't cry she didn't choose to and I was like damn no. we're like the chillest most amazing talented fucking beautiful people like why are we literally why the fuck are we like thinking like we're getting a like a payout from America they didn't give us anything we were so talented right. now put us on the screen you're right. And I think one of the tweets that I saw was like last year when Bong Joon-ho won, he, his acceptance yeah. speech talked about how like um, basically subcontext was that like anyone that doesn't watch foreign movies because the subtitles are fucking dumb. Yeah. And then this year we had Yu Yeon Jung go up and deliver whatever her iconic moment was for her um i think hopefully we will continue this trend and yes everyone go watch her speech with this new context and then to follow that because this is also another video content that i watch on a weekly basis <laughs> is alan kim's acceptance speech when he cries yeah you that love that nothing makes my heart grow double in size um <laughs> and bring tears to my eyes instantly is him like it's just such pure joy and happiness um so end it with that so that you just get a double dose of koreanness for the day for sure and we're, we'll post the i mean hopefully we can post acceptance speeches they're so good go watch yeah. it yeah oh my god there's also so many, I watched a lot of interviews with her uh, just leading up to the Oscars. And there's another like really funny moment. She, she just like really, the fact that she can be so quick in those anecdotes in English like um, interviews, I think is something that we're like really only touching the surface level yeah. up. But we'll include like my favorite like interview moments do that it, she's had. And we'll obviously include this. And then, yeah, we can just bask in her glory. No, for sure. The And just to end this, the last thing with the director of Parasite, with her, like, I love that they were so disappointed Asian parents at the crowd. And I was like, I know. you're everything. <laughs> like, this is so great. So... Thank you to all of them. Thanks for that amazing roundup, Jazz, because obviously oh my gosh, you're the no you're problem. our pro. And guys, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for listening and letting me rant. You're the only one that would appreciate. No. Thanks, S. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Made In. Email us at hi at imadein.com. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at I'm made in underscore. Thank you again.